Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. All right, we've been in a series, second week in our series, Stop the Noise. And this series is uh, kind of, um, you know, my wife and I were talking and she said, you know, I said, honey, I need to do a series on the mind. When should I do this series? And she says, why not during February? And the reason is because during February, I struggle. I struggle with my mind. I struggle in some areas. I have our entire marriage. Every February is a tough month for me. And uh, she says, come on, let's just attack this thing head on. And I said, all right. So we're attacking it head on. And I know there's a lot of other people in our church and those who are watching today who also struggle with areas of their mind. And I know that, uh, you know, our, our, we did a survey and it was the number one requested topic, mental illness, struggles in our brain, anxiety, depression. And so I thought, you know what, let's just go after it. Let's be raw. Let's be honest. Let's be upfront. And I really, I'm just going to let you in on my personal journey as I've struggled with, you know, mental challenges uh, for a very long time. And I've seen tremendous breakthrough in my life. Amen. And that doesn't mean I don't still struggle. It doesn't mean I don't still have constant battles that my wife and I are dealing with. Uh, But I thought, you know what, I'm just going to put it all out there on the field and let you guys see it. And hopefully you'll relate to it today. And so... Come on. So we've just been, you know, there's, there's four different types of people I identify. Maybe you're like me and you deal with an ongoing anxiety or an, a depression or uh, maybe uh, you have moments of, of hopelessness or, or despair in your life like I've dealt with in my life. And, and, and maybe you're like me where you just have a constant challenge and struggle with that. Or maybe you're like my wife who's just steady Eddie and then every now and then or steady Stephanie, not Eddie because that's a guy's name, but uh, you know, you're just steady in life and you know, you're just doing your thing. But once in a while, you have these moments of overwhelm. You have these moments of, of you know, like anxiety just overcomes you or, or worry or fear. And it's just these moments of like overwhelming uh, anxiety come over you. And it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen uh, every now and then. Or maybe you are the third category where you don't really say, I don't really deal with depression or anxiety, or I don't really deal with areas of my mind, but maybe you don't realize that there's an, a, a negative narrative in your life. And this negative narrative has been in your, your life from something that happened maybe when you were a child, or maybe words that were spoken over you, or a traumatic experience that you had. And that traumatic experience kind of formed your life. It formed your journey. It formed who you are today. And so you have these narratives in your thinking, narratives in your mind that have actually created this life that you're living now, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Or maybe you're the fourth category today and you're dealing with with legitimate um, uh, mental illness where you've been hospitalized or you've had to take medication or you've been struggling. And I want to identify these four areas because I want you to know that that what I'm going to share with you last week and today and the following weeks is uh, none of them are just single silver bullets. They're all uh, things that we learn in in the Word of God to help us in the area of our mind, but it does not discount natural human uh, partnership with doctors and counselors. And so if you're here today and you're watching and you're struggling with a severe amount of of mental illness, I want to encourage you, keep seeing the counselor, keep taking that medication. Come on, keep getting help. Keep being a part of the church. Keep leaning in. You know, I I want to preach freedom to your life and I want to preach God's Word to your life, but I want you to know there is a season where we need to partner with the natural wisdom that God gives us in this world. So come on, keep staying steady in the fight and don't give up today. And so I want to encourage you that even though I'm going to share these things with you, it doesn't mean necessarily after this message, it's going to go, boom, it's all better. This just takes work and this is hard. And, and, and I know it, I've been there and it's difficult and it's challenging to put in the work to make sure that, that you and I are the people that God has called us to be. Amen. And so I, I just also want to re- reiterate some, a thought from last week where, where we have to recognize that no matter who you are in, in this room or in the world, every single person on the planet deals 
with mental illness. It's called sin. When Adam and Eve uh, fell and they sinned, when they entered, when they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, every single person on the planet deals with a carnal, sinful nature, and that carnal, sinful nature is sin, and that sin causes you and I to, to have a, a, a response in our minds. Our minds chemically respond to certain circumstances in our life where we don't uh, understand how to deal with it or a circumstance or a difficulty, and naturally, our chemical response is maybe fear or anxiety. Oftentimes, we feel guilty as followers of Jesus for feeling anxiety or feeling fear or feeling doubt or feeling like, uh, like depression. We say, oh man, I shouldn't be feeling like this. And man, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. And the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Yes, those things are true. But I want to tell you today, it's not like you set out to go be depressed today. It's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to be anxious today. Or man, I'm going to have fear today. No, no, no. Those are natural human chemical responses by our sinful nature that come up at us when we experience something in our life. But what we talked about last week was that what the enemy wants to do is he wants to create a foothold. He wants to create a stronghold. He wants to build a stronghold around these natural chemical responses that you and I experience. And he wants to cause more fear. And he wants to cause more anxiety. He wants to cause more depression. And he wants to bring us to a place where there's a fortress uh, or a stronghold around our natural thinking so that you and I are unable to proceed forward in a life-giving relationship with our creator, Jesus Christ. And so that's what we talked about last week. And I want you to know that you should not feel guilty for dealing with these things in your life. You should not feel guilty. Oh, I don't, you know, don't, don't be the kind of person. Oh, I don't deal with that. It's not my issue. It's not my thing. Every single person on the planet at one moment deals with these things. And we have to recognize you shouldn't feel guilty about it. You shouldn't feel badly about that. That's normal reaction and normal wiring from the fall of mankind. But we have a Bible, the word of God, the words of God that gives us the tools to overcome and I want to know you today, you can overcome. You can see breakthrough in your mind. You can see breakthrough in your life, amen? You can see these things in your life and it comes to the power of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of being a part of a community. And, and we'll get there later on in this series. But what we're going to look on today is a scripture. It's in a, a book called Lamentations. And for those of you who know the Bible, read the Bible, Lamentations is a bit of a, a sad book. I'm just going to start there. It's a bit of a sad book. But, but I want you to know that today is going to be full of hope today. There's hope in the message today. Jeremiah wrote this book and he was called The Weeping prophet. And I've had prophetic words or words over my life that, Ryan, you're like a weeping prophet. I do a lot of weeping, but I don't know about the prophet part. You know, I find myself, you know, relating to this scripture. And as I read through this verse, I just want to share with you a little bit of an insight into something that God's been showing me and how I've been seeing some tremendous breakthrough in my life, in the area of my mind and, and through the areas of, uh, of these things in my life. And so we're going to turn to Lamentations chapter three. We're going to read verse 19 to 24, and it'll be right here on the screen behind me. It says, I remember, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassion never fails. They are new every morning, and great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. So here in this verse, we see Jeremiah, who's the supposed author of this book, giving us a, a, a biblical response 
to some things that happen in our brain, a biblical response to some things that happen in our thinking. And we notice here today, he says, I remember my affliction. This word remember is an interesting word. The actual, like the, the, another translation says, my soul still has them in my memory. It's something that ruminates. It's a pricking or a piercing thought that turns over and over. This word means to record. So it's have, to have a recording in my mind playing over and over and over again. It's this recording in my head where I begin to think about these things and my mind is turning and thinking. It's recalling. These thoughts are penetrating my mind. And what I often do is I go back to the recording of my mind, the recording of my mistakes or the recording of what people have said about me or the recording of the, 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 mis- the things that people have done to me or said to me or the circumstances that fell apart. There's the recording of regret or the recording of fear, or the recording of my affliction or the recording of the abuse that I experienced or the words that were spoken over me or the afflictions that I faced. And they ruminate and they turn this recording. And what happens is, is I well remember them. They are very clear in my mind. And I think back to these moments of these words or these comments or these things in my life. I experience those things and they turn over and over and over again in my mind. And what happens is these negative narratives or these lies, they run over through my mind and they begin to do something in my mind. And I find myself in a place where I'm constantly considering and thinking about these things of my past or the words that were said or the experiences that I had. And I can't seem to see breakthrough in my mind. I stay in a place where I feel stuck. In Lamentations here, he he says that when he remembers this, look what it does to him. I remember them and my soul, my emotions, my mind is downcast within me. This word downcast is literally the Hebrew word depressed. It's literally the Hebrew word discouraged. And so when I remember these things or they just flitter in my mind or they come up, there's an emotional response. It it causes me to be brought low. There's a chemical response in my brain to the circumstance that I face. It it just goes over and over in my mind. The loss of a loved one or the pain that I've experienced or the, 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 the pastor that hurt me or the thing that happened or the words that were said by my parents or whatever it might be, they go over in my head and there's a chemical response, a response of depression or a response of discouragement or a response of anxiety and the enemy if we don't deal with it the enemy comes in like to steal kill and destroy and he creates a stronghold in our thinking and keeps us from being able to grow in the knowledge in our relationship with Christ and so this memory attributes to many things in our life in fact these memories or these recordings in our head are actually the foundation for why we do what we do They become the foundation. They become a truth or a reasoning behind what we do. Maybe maybe this is you. You find yourself working countless, countless hours, 60, 70, 80 hours a week, despite the detriment to your family, despite the detriment to your health. Why? Because at one time someone said to you, you're not going to amount to anything. And that narrative turns over in your mind. And so you work and work and work and work just to prove that that is not true for my life. And you don't realize it, but that narrative, that lie, that thought is driving your life. 
Or maybe you, you find yourself in a place where, you know, maybe someone told you that you weren't going to be a very good parent, so you get married and your spouse wants to have children, but the other person says, I'm not having kids, and you don't know why, I just don't want children, and you find out a long time ago, someone said to your dad, looked you in the eyes and says, you know what, you're never going to be a good parent, and so there, deep down in your heart, it drives, this narrative drives you, this recording turns over in my mind, I'll never be a good parent, and so that drives the decisions in the life that you have, or maybe when you were in high school, you were mocked for the way you looked or the, your body type or something like that. And you find yourself always wanting to look this way or work out and you're working out countless hours. Why? Because there was a narrative in your mind that drives the daily choices that you make. Or maybe your, your husband made mistakes and you were the heat of the moment early in your marriage. And he said this, this brutal comment in the heat of the moment. One day you and I are probably not going to be together. We're not going to be together for very long. He was just upset, but that narrative turns in your mind and over and over every time you go to get intimate or be engaged in relationship, it drives you and keeps you from engaging in a healthy, godly marriage with this person because of this negative recording that goes over and over and over again in your mind. These are often the foundation for why we do what we do. I bet if I asked you for a moment to close your eyes, and think about that moment. Think about the moment you lost that person or that person said that thing to you or that, 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 that church hurt you or that, that word was said over you, your parent abused you. Just close your eyes for a moment and if you just begin to even allow that thought to come into your mind, I bet you if you spend enough time that you begin to smell the air and feel the breeze on your skin and you can bring yourself back to that moment and, and in an instant because there's something that happens in our mind, this chemical release that allows us to remember the negative narratives where it becomes so real and active and alive to us that it impacts us. I know for me, I often think about different moments in my life and I can go back right there to that moment and the sense of discouragement or frustration or anger or jealousy riles up within my emotions. These recordings play over and over again and no one is impervious to this reality. Those moments define us. Those moments drive us. Those recordings ruminate. And sometimes it's our brain recycling information. Sometimes it's the devil playing tricks on us. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit saying that we need to get over it, that we need to move on. We need to move forward, that he wants to bring breakthrough in our life. And even though we don't know how to see breakthrough, we say, God, I want to get over it. I want to move past it. I want to move through it. The Holy Spirit says, I am here to help you today. See breakthrough in your life. There's often a couple of things we do when we have these recordings in our mind. The first thing we do is we minimize and block them. Say, oh, it doesn't matter that I had that loss or it doesn't matter that that person hurt me. Whatever, I'm done. I'm just gonna go over it and move on. It doesn't really matter. Like, like you know, I know they said that to me and you know, it just doesn't matter. I'm just gonna move on. I'm gonna block it out of my memory. I'm gonna block it out of my mind. I'm gonna move forward. And what happens is the psychology uh, research shows that when an individual does not take time to process that negative narrative, that recording in your brain, that your growth, your growth stays with that past trauma. That if you don't allow your life to move forward, you will stay stuck mentally in that place 
forever. If you do not realize, we cannot minimize and block out the memory of what happened in our past or in our life or in our traumatic experiences. We've got to take a good hard look at it and recognize that we serve a God who sets us free, who God set free is free indeed, that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and he wants to bring breakthrough in your life. But often what happens is, is that we get concrete in our way of thinking. We get concrete in our perspectives. A lot of followers of Jesus do this. They get concrete in their way of understanding of the word, and they never are able to move past that moment when they were wounded, when they were broken, when they were hurt. They can't move past it because they spent so much time minimizing it and blocking it. It's not that big of a deal. When I need you to hear me today, it is. It is a big deal. It is a big deal that you lost that person. It is a big deal that they said that to you. It is a big deal that you were mistreated. Do not minimize the realities of your life so that you don't have to deal with that pain. We minimize it. We stay stuck. I mean, Ephesians 4, throw off your old sinful nature. Your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit, everyone say let. Let, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We have to let Him do this. We have to allow Him to pull these things out of our life. We have to allow Him to navigate us to that place where He begins to work on us and reveals these negative and lie, these recordings that are lies going over in our mind. We have to let the Holy Spirit take us there and deal with some of these things, these negative recordings in our mind. The second thing that we often do is we accept them as truth and live with them. We accept the fact that maybe your father, dad, I'm, I'm not saying this to you, you're a great dad. I'm not specifically speaking to you, Terry Iverson. This is an example, just in case he's wondering. He texts me off, I'm like, are we good, son? <laughs> We're good, dad. I'm just using an example. You, maybe your father spoke down to you. Like he said that, you know, you're never going to amount to much as your brother or, you, you know, you're never going to become much. And so, you know, it's too difficult to fight the reality of the pain of those words. And so I just accept it as truth. And I just begin to accept, okay, I'm not that good of a person and I'm not that hard of a worker and, you know, I really can't get that job and I'm just going to stay at this job. You know, I really love this woman, but I'm going to settle for another person because I don't think I could ever get her or, man, I don't think I can live this full life that God wants for me. See, we forget as followers of Jesus that God wants us to live, God wants us to live life and life to the full. Yeah. He wants us to live the abundant life. And so what the enemy wants us to do is he wants us to accept these negative narratives. He wants us to accept the words that have been said over us. He wants us to begin to say this. Yeah, you know what? I did deserve that. I did deserve to be abused. Or you know what? You know, I was the problem at that job. Or, you know, I am the issue. And yes, it's good to reflect back on life and say, where did I play my part? But a lot of times we accept it as truth when in reality it's not truth at all. Look what the scripture says in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy you, but Jesus has come that they may have life and they may have it to the full. This is what God wants for you and for me. And as I mentioned earlier, what happens with this category is often when we accept this as reality and truth, then we begin to make decisions in our life based on that false narrative, that fake truth, the thing that's not real. We begin to think that this is what our life's gonna look like and we make decisions based on that. We get married based on that. We go to a certain church based on that. We do all sorts of things based on that reality when in reality, the thing you're basing it on is not truth at all. God's word says the truth of who you are. God's word is the thing that we abide by. God's things that we build our heart on and life on. And so we find ourselves with these narratives and these recordings in our brain we often create a world for us that actually isn't accurate when God's word says something completely different that he wants you to live an abundant life. 
But now let's jump back into Lamentations. The author responds to his discouragement. He responds to his depression. And I've been recognizing the power in, in this verse. And I hope it helps you today too. It says this, Yet this I call to mind. I call to mind. And therefore have, I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. He says, I recall. I had to stop the noise and recall the faithfulness of God. This phrase called to mind is not a memory. This is a, a means to refresh, to restart, to turn back, to restore. My, my son, Ezra, is just such a sweet young man. He, he's growing in his walk with God. And whenever he makes a bit of a mistake, we walk through repentance and we walk through how much God loves him and what the, how the father cares for him. And in, he had a bit of a rough day a couple of weeks ago. And, and after that time, we talked for a long time. He came in and he drew me this little picture. And I don't know if you can see it here, but the top one is a little button and it says a restart button. And the middle one says, fast forward. And the last one says, Jesus forgives me button. And what he does is he brings me this little piece of paper and he takes my hand and he puts his hand on mine and he says, dad, let's press it together. See, that's exactly what your heavenly father wants to do with you. When you begin to have these narratives in your life, man, I'm just a sinner and man, I'm not good enough and I, I won't amount to anything. And you know what? My dad was right. Or man, that, that loss of that person, whatever, I don't really care about it. When in reality, the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to place your mind on this restart button and say, remember, my faithfulness is good that I've been faithful to you all these years that I've never let you down. Yes, you don't understand how life has turned out. And yes, those things don't make any sense. But you need to know that I've always taken for you, taken care of you. I've never let you down. I've never forsaken you. My compassion continues to run all throughout your life. He wants to press the restart button in our minds and say, okay, I want to call you back to the place where you remember God is so good. And see, it's a conscious choice to recall to the faithfulness of God in our mind. It's a conscious decision to stop the noise and to not allow that negative narrative to become a word I speak. It's a decision to stop the narrative in my mind. But I have to recognize something. This is not easy. <laughs> this is not easy. I struggle with this a lot. And I'm not going to lie. This is a fight. You got to be willing to fight. You got to be willing to say, no, this recording's in my mind. That's not accurate. That's not what God says about me. And you got to be willing to fight. And this morning when I was preparing, just, just praying and in my office, I, I, I felt like, Lord, there's something missing in this message. What's missing in this message? God, I feel like I got a good thought, but what's missing? And he, the Holy Spirit prompted my heart this phrase, what about me? And I felt like the Holy Spirit kind of proved this point. As I was sitting there, I says, Lord, I don't know how to take them into the moment where it connects to, to you and this thought. And he said, Ryan, remember me. Remember why I was sent to the earth. I was sent to the earth to remind you, to bring back to your remembrance, to bring back to your memory in John 14. I don't have the verse on here, I'm sorry. But John chapter 14, verse 26, write that down. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you, he'll remind you, he'll remind you of everything that I've told you. That word remind in the scripture, it means to gently suggest. It means to quietly make you remember. So what the Holy Spirit does, it's not gonna come like a car crash or in the fire. It's not gonna come in the earthquake. It's gonna come in a still, small voice. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, remember last week? Remember when I provided for you? You don't need to be afraid about your finances. Hey, Ryan, remember last week when that person, 
They gave their life to the Lord after that message you preached. Remember, Ryan? Yeah, remember, I am in charge of everything in your church. Remember, Ryan, how last week when you didn't think you were a great dad and this week your son and daughter were raising their hand? Ryan, remember, I've been faithful. Ryan, remember, Ryan, I'm faithful. I've always been faithful. My nature is good. I love you. I created you for my purposes. Your life is full and abundant in me. Ryan, I want to help you see what he wants to do is he wants to bring us back to a place where we have a decision to make. Will I accept the promptings of the Holy Spirit and let him transform my thinking and begin to accept the truth of God's word? Or am I going to continue to allow the negative recordings in my mind play over and over and over again? And here's why we do that. It feels good to let those recordings go over and over again. There's something about it. I believe chemically it's actually cortisol that's released in our brain. Cortisol is actually the foundation for the negative emotions. It's the opposite of dopamine. Dopamine is a good feeling. Cortisol actually creates this this sense of negativity in us. And when we're feeling depressed, cortisol rages through our brain and our mind. And what happens is it actually feels good to feel like a victim. And see, what God wants to do is he wants to remind us that he died on a cross so that we don't have to be a victim. He was the victim. He was crucified. He died. And so he sent the Holy Spirit to remind us, to bring us back, to speak to us again, to bring our our mind back to a place where we say, okay, God, I'm facing this narrative. I'm, I'm this person or this thing or this difficulty in my mind. It just keeps going over and over again. Holy Spirit, I need your help. And he drops a thought. Hey, remember when I did this for you? Oh yeah, I remember the other day when I was experiencing this thing, God came through and he provided for me. I was so afraid about um, the, 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 the mindset I have right now is that I'm never gonna be able to make more money. I'm just gonna be ends meet all the time that I'm never gonna succeed. I'm never gonna make more. But Ryan, you remember when I provided for you and I met all your needs? And man, do you remember when I, you, everything you need in your life, I provided? Yes, God, I remember that. That's the choice I have to make. In that moment, I have to choose consciously. I am going to allow you, Holy Spirit, to be the Lord of my mind right now. I am not going to allow these negative recordings to turn in my mind anymore. I'm going to let myself recall the faithfulness, the compassion, and the goodness of my God. Look at this verse in Psalms 77. Will the Lord walk off and leave us for good? Will he never smile again? Is his love worn threadbare? Has the salvation promise burned out? Has God forgotten his manners? Has he angrily stomped off and left us? Just my luck, I said. The high God retires just the moment I need him. Ever felt like that? Where's God when I need him? I don't see God in this. God, I needed you in this moment and it kind of feels like you're gone. He's in kind of a tough position. What am I going to do next, God? What happened to your faithfulness? What happened to how good you are? Man, you know, maybe I deserve this. Maybe, maybe, yeah, you know what? I don't deserve to have a better opportunity. You know what? You know, okay. And we start accepting it and living this narrative. But then look what the author did. Once again, I'm going to go over what God has done. I'm going to lay it out on the table, the ancient wonders. I'll ponder all the things you've accomplished. And I'm going to give a long, loving look at your acts. God, I don't understand why the situation's happening. I don't understand why my mind keeps going there. But I'm going to look it over, God. And I'm going to call back to my, reten- my attention and my remembrance. God, your loving acts and how good you are. And I'm going to ponder what you've accomplished. And I'm going to think about all the great things that you've done in my life. Because you've never once left me forsaken. Right. Never once. Have you left me alone and high and dry? You've been there on time every time. But the author doesn't stop here in Lamentations. See, this is the big challenge for us. 
The first challenge is to stop the noise, turn the volume down of the recording of our, of our recording and turn up the recording of the Holy Spirit. Turn up the voice of the Holy Spirit. Turn up the word of the Holy Spirit and begin to agree with it and accept it. That's the first challenge in the fight for your mind, but it doesn't stop there. Many of us are stuck in the area of our mind, but there is another step, a biblical step that, will, that is not just in your mind. It will bring, listen, supernatural transformation in your life. It will shift your circumstance. It might not change what you're going through, but it will sure change how you see it. It'll change your mindset. It'll change the atmosphere. It'll change the environment. It'll change your spirit. It'll change your attitude. It'll shift things in your life. Look what the author says in this verse. He says, and I'll get there. I keep forgetting this. He says, I call this to mind. Look at this. And therefore, I have hope. This word hope there is something that many of us lack in. I mentioned this in the early service and I'll mention it again. One of the, the, the areas of my life that I struggle is a sense of hopelessness. Often I, I'm a vision guy. I see the future at times. You know, I, I feel like God's given me wisdom for the future. It's a gift God's given me. But a lot of times, especially in February, I can't see past one hour. I have no hope. I have to literally pick my feet up at times. Say, okay, Ryan, move to the next minute. Go to the next appointment. Encourage someone else. Read that word. Do that thing. I have no hope beyond this one. I cannot explain it to you. You might not get it today, but past this one moment, I have, can't even see clearly. But when we begin to recall these things to our memory, what happens is hope begins to percolate in my mind. The fog begins to dissipate. It doesn't always go away fully, but it begins to dissipate where I can start to see clearly again. And I can start to see God's purpose again. And yeah, I still feel pretty down. Or I feel discouraged. Or I feel frustrated. And all of a sudden, hope begins to fill my spirit once again. And the hopelessness that I felt, just the chemical reaction to the situations that I'm facing, the Holy Spirit comes, calls my mind back to the full faithfulness of God. And the fog begins to live. And hope begins to fill my heart once again. And the Holy Spirit helps me with that. But here's that second response. Look what he says in Lamentations. I say to myself, so he first said, I call to my mind. Now he's saying, I'm saying to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. So you've got this negative narrative. You've got the recording playing in your mind. Holy Spirit, I need you. He will gently suggest to you how he's faithful. You begin to make that choice. Okay, I'm gonna start stirring my brain toward the faithfulness of God. God, you've always been faithful. God, you're good to me. No, that's a lie. I believe you're true. And what happens is, is the next step, which is so hard to do, is to open our mouth and speak out loud the goodness of God. We've got to speak out loud the lie that's in our head and we've got to replace it with the words of God. This is a biblical thing that I believe many of us forget that when we speak, the Bible says that our, our words have the power of life and death. That when we speak out loud, whether it's a, we're feeling discouraged or angry or unforgiving or frightened, we begin to speak it out loud. The Bible says that whatever is in your heart or mind overflows into speech. So the choice is to say, okay, I'm going to accept how good God is, how, how good my father is. And what happens is, is that will begin to mutter out of my mouth. And I'm going to start speaking the faithfulness and the goodness of God in the land of the living. My voice begins to open up and I begin to let the overflow of my mind be the very great things of who God is. And I begin to see my situation change because there is power in our words. But this... It's difficult. 
I love my wife with all of my heart, but sometimes I have a hard time telling her that I love her. I don't know why. I think she's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen, but it's sometimes for me, I don't know if it's just me, but I struggle to percolate, just say these words out loud. Why? It's called pride. It takes pride for me to just, I don't know if you've ever done it before, it's like, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me for what I did wrong. We struggle to allow these words of God come out. Why? Maybe I feel ashamed or I feel guilty or I feel like I don't deserve her or I feel like I don't deserve God or I deserve life. And so I start to confess out loud the goodness of God. And often it's because I feel insecure about who I am in Christ. So I'm nervous to say it out loud. I'm nervous to speak this out loud. And so, you know what? I just got tired of this recording spinning in my mind. And I decided I ain't going to play like this anymore. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit. And he's going to begin to remind me. And when he reminds me, God, this is what my mind is saying. But this is the truth. God, you're faithful. God, you're awesome. Yeah, I don't understand this, God. I don't know why I feel this way. But God, despite what I feel, despite my discouragement, despite my depression, despite my pain, you have always been a faithful God to me. God, you are the Alpha and the Omega. Your evidence is all around me of your goodness, oh God. And what happens is my situation begins to change right in front of me. There's something in psychology. It's called self-talk. Now, self-talk is a good strategy, but I want you to understand something. I am not talking about self-talk. I am not talking about saying positive words to change my experience. I am not talking about saying positive affirmations to make me love myself more. I am not talking about the law of attraction. I am not talking about positive affirmations to change the dynamic of my day. That's not what I'm talking about. Biblical self-talk is called worship. Biblical self-talk is called praise. Stop talking to yourself about how good you are and start talking to Jesus about how good he is because our affirmation does not come from within us. Our affirmation only comes from our heavenly father. Our affirmation and, our great, and the great things that God wants to do in our life doesn't come from our ability to create. It comes from the creator who already created. Come on, we have to remember that what we're, the author is doing is he's worshiping. He says, okay, I'm going to stop the thought. I'm, oh God, Holy Spirit, I need you. He prompts, he'll always, he's faithful. He'll bring a remembrance to you about a circumstance or he'll, mostly he'll bring his word to you. He'll remind you of his word. You start to think that word. Come on, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's, there's, wait, there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And then I say this, you know what? My mind is telling me that I need to be condemned. But you know what? Because of you, Jesus, I don't need to be condemned any longer. Something shifts in the atmosphere. Psalms, Psalms uh, 24. Well, I want to read just two more verses here. Why be downcast? David says, why be discouraged and sad? Hope in God. Some translations say, I say to my soul, hope in God. I shall yet praise him again. Yes, I shall again praise him for his help. Yet I am standing here depressed and gloomy. So he's still depressed and gloomy. And I'm going to meditate. I'm going to engage my mind upon the kindness of God. And yet I'm still going to praise him. You see, in this, David here is teaching us the power of this response that when I begin to feel depressed and gloomy, I got to engage my mind on the goodness of God. And then I begin, yet I will praise my Lord. I will praise my God. I thought today that I would end with this Lamentations verse in the message paraphrase. And I just love this translation to let it encourage you today. 
It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the, po the poison I've swallowed. Some of you feel like you've swallowed poison in your life and you just can't seem to shake it. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember. The feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one other thing I remember. And remembering, I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love, it couldn't have run out. God's merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're, they're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I'm going to say it over and over and over. I'm sticking with God because he's all I've got left. God proves to be good at the man, to the man who passionately waits and to the woman who diligently seeks. It's a good thing to quietly hope. Quietly hope for help from God. It's a good thing when you're young to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself. Enter the silence. Bow in prayer. Don't ask questions. Wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble. Take it full face. The worst is never the worst. Why? Because the master won't ever walk out and fail to return. If he works severely, he also works tenderly. His stockpiles of loyal love are immense. I want you to hear me today. You can see breakthrough in your mind today. We can stop the noise of the recordings that are ruminating in your mind today by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can see freedom. I know I am, and it's not perfect. And there's days where Steph walks in and she'll say, how are you doing today? I'm like, I need you to pray for me. <laughs> I need you to worship on my behalf because I'm not sure I'm going to make it today. That's real. But I want you to know that God does not forsake his people. That he is with you. He will not forsake you. He is present and ever-present God in your time of trouble. And you can boldly approach, approach him with your, with your need, and he will help you today. So let me pray for you. Church, would you close your eyes for a moment? Come on, Father, I just pray for those who are watching right now, who are struggling on whatever level it might be, God, today. They just don't know what to do. They say, I don't know what to do, Ryan. How do I get past this? Holy Spirit, right now, bring to their remembrance your goodness. Cause it to be a, a shift in their minds today, God, to begin to think about your word and begin to think about who you are. I pray they make a conscious decision to ruminate on your word and that they would speak your truth out loud and they would acknowledge your goodness today. Lord, I pray for those who are watching who are far from you, those who've never been to church before, those who just, just stumbled upon this feed. I pray that they would know today that the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That means that right now, all you have to do, right in your home, wherever you are, on your phone, you just have to say this, Jesus I confess that you are Lord, that you are God. And I believe that in my heart. And the Bible says you're saved. You're going to spend an eternity with Jesus Christ. You're going to live a life that's abundant and full. You're going to have the power and the ability through Christ to go through everything you're experiencing in your life today, all because you chose today to make a decision to follow after Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray for those people. And we just help them today, God, in whatever they're facing. Come on, if you have a prayer request or you gave your life to Jesus today, email us, prayer at lovecitychurch.ca. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to walk you through this new journey you're on. And we just love you guys so, so much. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.